Welcome to Modern Day Missionaries, a podcast by Modern Day Missions created for missionaries by missionaries, where we talk about topics that affect our actual life on the mission field. This is a space where we get practical and personal and talk about the day-to-day real challenges and joys of this crazy life God has called us into. I'm your host, fellow missionary, Stephanie Gutierrez. Today, meet a fascinating man who began his missionary adventure with his wife in their 70s. Get ready for this conversation with evangelist Al Fury. We have with us today a missionary with a very unique story. It's pastor and evangelist and missionary, Al Fury. And Al, I've had the pleasure on serving on the same team with you for, God, I think it was five years. Yes. And there, there is a lot that makes you unique, let me say. But one of those things that I really want to hit on today is the fact that you and your wife, Kathy, became missionaries at what age? Tell us. Uh, we became missionaries at 71 years of age. Oh, my word. Okay. Everybody better get ready for some serious inspiration today as we talk with Al about following God at any age, at any stage. But first, why don't you just share with us a little bit about your background? What were you doing before you became a missionary? Well, uh, Kathy and I were involved in doing primarily evangelistic meetings around the world. We'd been in over 80 countries, and uh, we'd come to a point, you know, when you get to 65, everyone says you ought to retire. And we talked and we went, why would we retire? We're doing great. We're okay. We're healthy. We don't want to retire. You know, so we decided that we, instead of retiring, we would refire. <laughs> That's so great. We all felt spoiled to get to have you come serve on staff with us. And you mentioned that you'd been, before coming down to Peru, you guys had been to more than 80 nations. How did you decide on Peru? Well, it was an interesting thing. I was sitting at home in Sydney, Australia one weekend, which was a rare weekend off for me. And a friend of mine in a city two hours north uh, called me and said, what are you doing tonight? It was a Saturday. I said, nothing. He said, we're having our missions conference, and we have Robert Barriga from Peru and Paul Cole um, in the men's ministry going to be here tonight and tomorrow. Why don't you come up and hang with us? So I did. And after the Saturday night meeting, we're having a cup of coffee, and Paul, uh, sorry, Robert said to Kathy and I, why don't you guys come to Peru and do meetings for us? And that was the beginning of it. And I remember the very first time that you came down and shared at Peru in Peru at Camino de Vida, because I was there that Sunday. And with your unforgettable, big, booming voice and a name like Al Fury, I mean, who could forget? It was yeah, an awesome yeah. Sunday. So we were all just blown away when we heard that you were coming down to be a part of the missionary staff. So I got to ask you, who was it that first had the idea to be missionaries? Was it you or was it Kathy? Well, Kathy, from the age of 16, always wanted to be a missionary. That was what she wanted to do. Now, ultimately, she went to Bible school. She met me. I met her. We talked. We did whatever we do. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she married me, and I married her. And we passed it in New Zealand. We passed it in Australia and passed it in the United States. But the interesting thing was, she never lost that desire to be a missionary. It wasn't something that overpowered her, but it was there. So whenever we'd end up in a third world country doing meetings, she'd be like a, 
pig in mud, if I can use that term. She just loved it. <laughs> and uh, she'd say to me, if you don't want to preach, that's okay. I'll preach. I love this. And so that was it. And then we met Robert and we started coming in and out of Peru just to do meetings once a year. And one day, Pastor Robert said to us, I want to talk to you guys. And I want to ask you to come and help me. And I was sort of shocked because I'd been there several times. And I said, I can remember saying to him, why do you need me to come and help you? You already got 10,000 people. You don't need me. And he began to tell me about his vision of the round tables, you know, to help churches grow and all that kind of thing. And so cut a long story short, uh, we said, well, I said to him, well, let's go home. We'll think about it. We'll pray about it. And as we're walking out of the restaurant, Kathy grabs my arm. She said, what are you going to pray about it for? You know, it's God. That's typical of her. I love Kathy. You know, it's God. <laughs> you don't have to pray about it. If it's God, I know, you know, don't you tell him you will come. So I told him, okay, it's God. We're coming. So uh, sometime later we showed up and the rest is history. I think we were there for just over six years. Okay. So you guys then have lived on three different continents. Is that right? Uh, let's see. We lived in New Zealand. We lived in Australia. We lived in Canada. We lived in the United States and we lived in Peru. Wow. And you were there for significant periods of time in the majority of those countries too. Oh yeah. 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 Lord. What were some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome moving to Peru as missionaries in your seventies? Okay. Well, the first thing is everybody asks us about our seventies and it never occurred to us that we were old. In fact, I don't think I'm old now. You're not. You are younger we, than a lot of people. It never occurred to us that we were old. It was sort of strange when people ask us, we go on and go, what are they talking about being old? We're doing fine. We're, we're happy. We're jumping around. We're doing all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, so um, it, the issue of age was never an issue. In fact, we never talked about it except what I just said. The second thing was uh, we had kids in Australia. And we thought, well, how are we going to get around this? Then we realized we have Zoom. We have all the social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we could do that with them. And we figured we'd go home pretty much each year and we'd hang out with them for a few weeks and go back to Peru for the rest of the year. So um, we did that. The issue for us, and it's kind of a big issue in Australia, was trying to raise enough financial support because Australians are not really into that they don't know a lot about that about missions yeah about about getting missionary support okay yeah and and if you belong to a denomination uh you can get some support that way but we were going to robert who was primarily an independent church mm -hmm. so that cut that off from us so we never got any support from a from an institution but we had a few churches that said God told them to help us, and they did, and they never gave up, and it was really wonderful. We didn't awesome. live high on the hog, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> if we got a little bit extra money, I'd say to Kathy, come on, let's go eat somewhere where it's really good. Yeah, because the food there is really yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So what was the responses that people gave you? I mean, you guys obviously not thinking about the fact that you're in your 70s, but for the people around you, who maybe were thinking about that? How did they respond when you told well, them? Well, we got our we got our kids together. We told them what we we're going to do. 
and I can, my daughter says to me, and she's, she's right in your face. She says, dad, what happens if you die over there? I said, I'm not going to die over there. But what happens if you do? I'm not. Okay. All right. Problem solved. She sounds a lot like you. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, her and her husband had been missionaries in Romania. And they'd come back to Australia to get their degrees and to have their family and maybe go back in the future. Wow. Okay. So they were speaking from some experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked a really valid question. I mean, and that probably is a, a question that a lot of people would have had in terms of um, health and end of life. What does that look like being on the mission field? So what was your guys' perspective going in? Well, the truth is, Kathy and I never, ever had a conversation about dying over there or about our health over there. We did it. She did have to go to a doctor a few times, but um, it was more an issue for everybody that was looking at her rather than us. Yeah. So you guys just had a really strong piece about going. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was not anything strange. It was not anything um, out of this world. We were just doing the work of the kingdom of God. That's what we were called to do. So we went and did it. That was simple as that. Wow. And did you guys get any opposition or pushback from, from anyone? No. If anybody had opposition, they certainly didn't voice it to me. There may have been a reason for that. <laughs> And what would you say to someone who feels like God might be calling them into something new or brave or even crazy sounding, and they're trying to determine if it's God's voice and, and what they should do next? Well, when I was in Bible school, we had an amazing German Bible teacher come through, come through every year. And he was talking about the will of God, and I've never forgotten it. And he said, people make the will of God more difficult than it is, too hard. He said, it's really quite simple. If it's God in your spirit, not your head, your spirit, will go, uh-huh. If it's not God, it'll be, uh-uh. And I've never forgotten that. And it's as simple as that. And so when we were asked to come and we knew it was God, it was just, uh-huh. So we came. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as that. You make the will of God too difficult very often. Well, wouldn't you say too, um, I've noticed as I've gotten older, it, it has become easier. I feel like when God confirms things in your heart and you take those steps of faith and it happens and you step out into it, it, it builds a faith inside of you where you have more confidence to do it the next time. I suppose that's true. I never thought of that, but we just went and did what we had to do and went where we were supposed to go. and did what we were supposed to do. And that was God. And that was the kingdom of God. And that's what we were about. Simple as that. This shows the differences between our personalities. And this is what I love because I'm thinking of all the people who are listening in. And there are some people who are listening to you going, exactly. And then there are some people who are going, how is it that easy? But well, I think it's that easy. It is. You, you, you make it difficult by trying to read things into it that are not there. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting perspective. Well, and you're able to see things with such clarity. And I think that that's really refreshing and a, and a really helpful reminder for those of us who can sometimes get bogged down in yeah. the what ifs. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, 
I was telling somebody today with your husband, uh, we we're having breakfast with them. Uh, when the pandemic started, everything, and you'll remember this, everything in Peru just shut down overnight, overnight, everything. Yes. You weren't even allowed to go on the street. You weren't allowed to do anything. And there were like people that had issues because their kids were over at maybe some aunt's place and they weren't allowed to go get them. And so we were there. So Pastor Robert called me up the day after it happened. He said, somebody's offered to pay your fare on the government uh, flight, not a regular airline because they weren't flying, mm -hmm. uh, back to Miami and then a government flight through to Australia. And I said, oh, okay, let me talk to Kathy about it. And so I'm talking, I said to Kathy, here's what he told us. She said, uh-huh. Then she looks at me and typically her way, she goes, why do we need to pray about it? If God didn't want us to, if God wanted us to go and leave Peru, he would have told us. I said, that's right. We're staying. So we stayed. And I called up Robert and said, Robert, Pastor Robert, Kathy and I are staying simply because God never told us to go. It's that simple. So we stayed and I did all kinds of stuff on zoom and online and oh, major stuff. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was really interesting to see what God did in that time period. And I mean, it, it's so interesting thinking back to how we even started this conversation when, when you were talking about talking to your kids and that question that your daughter had about what happens if you guys were to die when you were in Peru. And it's really interesting because then you guys went back to Australia at a time where you felt God was leading you. And I know at the time that we're recording this right now, Kathy passed away just yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. And she did not pass away in Peru. It happened in Australia, just like you guys. Well, here's the amazing thing. You know, all her life, she wanted to be a missionary and God gave her the, gave her the, gave her the answer to that for the last, pretty much the last six or seven years of her life. It was pretty amazing. And I'd forgotten about that, but other people reminded me. She got to finish out life doing exactly what she'd always wanted, wanted to do. Wanted to do, yeah. It was amazing. You know what? The interesting thing is, you know, um, sometimes issues create opportunities. So us coming to Peru, watch this. My kids would say to their kids, because the kids would have to do things on international things in school. So they go online and find out where we were living in Peru and took pictures of the place we were living and the church would go to and where we go and do our shopping and did some uh, stuff on that for their exams on international things by doing that. So that was pretty neat. So they would yeah, send, me, really send me and Kathy a picture. Is this the place you're living in? We'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was great. Yeah. What kind of an impact has this had on your grandkids having their grandparents be missionaries in another country? Well, they think it's great. They think it's awesome. Yeah. Even my, uh, I've got one grandson, bless his heart. He's a great young guy. He's doing a building apprenticeship. We still have apprenticeships in Australia and he's now 18 and uh, he tells all his friends, oh, my grandparents are missionaries in Peru. And they go, really? And, you know, wherever we went, the people say, what are you doing? I go, oh, I'm a missionary in Peru. Or I go play golf somewhere. And they say, what do you do? What do you do? You're retired? No, I'm a missionary in Peru. Really? That's awesome. People thought it was awesome. And it was, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned too, that there's not a lot of missionaries that you're aware of coming out of Australia and New Zealand. 
Well, the first thing is we're not a large country like America is. There are some, Mm -hmm. and there's been some very powerful ones in different places in the world, done some great, great works. One of the big things over the years, many years, was that Australians went into New Guinea and evangelized New Guinea when there had been no evangelism at all. So that was a big thing for Australia because it was on our Mm -hmm. doorstep. Yeah, well, and I know there's another um, missionary in Japan, Rod Plummer, and he's from yeah, I know Australia yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's exciting the, to see. He's from the city that my wife and I got married at. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so it's fun to see that God is sending missionaries from yeah. all over the world to all over the world. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that it's not the old-style missionaries. They're going there with new vision new understanding, new dreams. And instead of just being there doing stuff, many of the missionaries today are actually building churches in the country that they're at. Wow. We've got an American friend in the Philippines who's got a church of, I don't know, 20, 25,000. I've just got another friend who started a church in Manila uh, six years ago and is now running over 5,000 people in attendance. So, and like Rod, he's planted churches in uh, Japan. So there's a tendency for missionaries to go and not just sort of be on the ground and do whatever they need to do, and all of that's valid, but actually plant churches, vibrant, growing, new, up-to-date churches, and get young people saved from that particular nation. So what does missions look like for you now? Because you're now doing missions without Kathy. So it's you uh, this is, yeah, based in true. Australia. Well, I've had a long talk with Pastor Robert. And mm-hmm. so what I'm going to do at this stage is go back to uh, Lima uh, two to four times a year. I'll spend four, six, eight weeks, whatever it is. But I'll be able to work 24-7 because there's nobody with me that I have to take care of, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll keep doing the work of missions just like I was. Well, and as you said, missions has really changed so much. We sometimes think of a missionary as being 100% in a foreign country all the time. But now because of how we're connected online, with Zoom, social media, all the opportunities we have, there are more and more missionaries that are doing even what you're doing. And that is based in their passport country and then making trips out. Or even just because sometimes you can't, get into a particular country for a certain reason. Or for you, I, I, I surely wouldn't say it because of the age that you're at, because I know that that's not the reason that you're in Australia, because you are young and yes. have so much energy. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a different season. It's a different season, and it's fun to see what God will do, and it's fun to see all the ways he can do it now yeah. in this new I, world we um, live in. I'm seeing more people saved now than I ever have. And let me say this. You know, people go, oh, well, you kind of minister to your own age group. Well, if you want to believe that, that's okay. It's better than not believing anything. But I believe to get a multi-generational. And I see young people come. Most meetings that I do, I have young people sitting on the front rows. And, and I believe in young people. I really believe in them. I absolutely believe in them and believe to get them saved. Well, I can verify what you're saying is true. Because having worked with you all those years at our leadership Bible Institute there at the church, when we talk to the young people, these teenagers, and ask them who their favorite speaker is, other than Pastor Robert, you are the first name they mention. When they have somebody come in to do a workshop, they're like, bring Pastor Al. 
So yeah. you're absolutely right. And I love multi-generational stuff. It's, yeah. it's sad when we limit ourselves to a particular um, gender that we can minister to, a particular age group. God wants all of us to minister yes. to all of us. Pastor Robert always yes. says, mix the, mix the salad. Mix it yeah. up. Change it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Countries to different countries, all people to all people. And you are such a great example of that. Well, that's what Paul said. He said, I, I, am, I minister to all people. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see what God does with you in this next season of life. And just appreciate you coming on and well, stirring everybody up this. today. This next season for me is probably going to be another 10 years. Oh, I'm not I'm kidding thinking, here. I'm thinking more. No, I'm thinking 10 years, only 10 years. You got more in you. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Al, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. And God bless everybody that's listening in. Yes, we will see you all in the next episode. Since 2008, Modern Day Missions has been providing financial, administrative, and marketing services to Christian missionaries around the globe. We're currently partnered with more than 750 missionaries in 75 different nations. If you or someone you know are looking for a nonprofit covering to fulfill your mission's vision, Modern Day could be the answer you're looking for. Find out more at modernday.org.